Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Animation Station Podcast, episode 219. My name is Josh, and today I'm joined once again by two very special guests, Mr. Radford Seacrest. Hello. And Mr. Bill Wolkoff. Hello. How is everybody doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I say that we've talked for the last, like, 30 minutes. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and we're going to talk about uh, Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts. See, I said it right this time. It took it took six months, but I was able to say it without the extra the. Um, <laughs> Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts, season two. So this is going to be a spoiler episode. So we are going to go spoiler heavy. So if you haven't watched it, first, why? Um, second, go ahead and pause this. Listen. I mean, watch. Don't. I mean, you can watch it and listen to it at the same time. I mean, both works. Uh, watch Kipo and then come back and listen to this. Uh, but first off, guys, thank you again so much for coming on with your busy, hectic schedules in this busy, hectic time. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having us, Dak. Yeah, really, really excited to be back to talk about the show. Oh, no um, problem at all. Uh, we, we do. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say that, like, for everybody watching it, I feel like we're all borough people right now. So the show kind of reaches out to the audience in a new way. Um, especially as now people are starting to come out of their burrows and that's what happens to everybody in season two. So, <laughs> uh, so we, like, again, we're gonna start, we're gonna have spoiler heavy this, uh, this question, uh, like this, this episode. Um, but I do have one question for you. Uh, first off, why didn't we get to see little Cub Kipo? I was, when she was a little baby and she got that paw, I was like, oh, are we going to see like a little bitty kitty? Like, I was really excited. I was like, little kitty Kipo. I was like, sweet action. And then I didn't get little kitty Kipo. Why not? I, I think the logic we were thinking that if she went full Jaguar, she could get stuck. So uh, that, yeah. that was kind of the logic. Why just her arm kind of came out. One thing we also kind of logic in our minds was when her dad threw her off into the water, we don't kind of see her in the water a lot, but she comes out in her outfits all tattered. I thought maybe her arm got bit or something in the water and she didn't notice or something. That would have been hilarious. Like, I also, I also like, like, uh, like you did give her like in season one, you gave her like the one arm sleeve kind of indicative of how she was going to spend a good part of, you know, the beginning of, or the end of season one into the beginning of season two with just like the one, you know, kitty cat arm. It's, it's funny because we, we thought in our minds, I think we thought that would look dumb. So like we tried to get rid of it as soon as possible. But then when I saw it in the animation, I was like, damn, that looks kind of bad. I, I know, dude, it, it's, that, it like, looks super cool. Season two or something. <laughs> well, hey, season three, uh, <laughs> you get her out of that dress. Like she goes back and she's like, hmm, there's a sleeve. Or get the whole whole jacket, just rip the sleeve off, just pop that sleeve back on. 
Um, so, so we have uh, season two, which I, I like that you guys literally start right after at the end of season one. Like it's like boom, boom. And I think, uh, uh, I think it was Robert, I think you said uh, in a tweet that you guys uh, created these concurrently, like did season one or season two in at the same time you guys were doing season one? Yeah, I think we were finished with it even by the time season one drops. All these people were given like, hey, you should do this in season two. And we're like, that's a good idea. We already finished it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best part though. Like when everyone's like, oh yeah, you should do this. And you're like, do we redo yeah, season like, two? Hey, <laughs> will you put my music in it? Can I act in it? And I'm like, I didn't have the heart to tell them. I'm like, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Hey, can I act in season three? Like, if you need somebody that does a podcast in season three, like, does does Troy listen to podcasts? Do they have like a Burrow a Burrow Bunch podcast? A mute um, podcaster. Oh my gosh, that'd be awesome! Mute a radio. Of whales. <laughs> oh yes, right. like a dolphin, like just sitting right. Ooh, ooh. You know, that'd be pretty dope. Um. So uh, the the main part of this season is, or season two is, Kipo trying to figure out how to control her, you know, mute jaguar powers to become this mega jaguar. Um, is that something that you guys felt that you wanted to explore in just one season, or something that you wanted to go a little bit longer, and you just decided, you know, we're only going to keep it to you know season two, or how did you know the the you know idea for making season two primarily be uh i was gonna say coming of age but more like a coming of fur story it's a bad uh, joke you don't have to laugh at that it wasn't good that accurately describes kipo um in season one kipo she is learning about this side of her but she before that she really thought her her whole baseline is i'm just an ordinary kid and i want to get back to my dad get back to my home and I'll be safe there. Um, but then by the end of the season, she discovers she's half mute. She's got this massive Jaguar paw and she realizes, wait a minute, I'm not gonna go back to my people to be safe. I need to keep my people safe. But now she's got to grapple with this huge mega Jaguar within her, which, uh, you know, the first time that it really manifests, it takes the entire season for it to manifest fully. And it's, it's um, her journey is about that, that, uh, 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 that relationship between her compassion and humanity uh, and this, this massive beast within her. Um, and that's, uh, we answered, <laughs> you ask it in a way that, that it, I'll yeah, right. Say- it, it, it was a it was a weird way to phrase it because like I I lost my train of thought halfway through and it was like wait a second. It, it's interesting. We pitched several versions of season two and we had several ideas. Like you know maybe we like we would pitch to the execs like oh what if we did this this season and like one version of it. I feel like there might have even been a version where was there ever a version where she didn't even go mega in season two. Or did she always go mega? When when we, I mean, uh, we had, we talked about season two a thousand times. Uh, We talked about, and I think our first, when we first started talking about it, we were going to slow roll it a little more. And we quickly realized we can't do that. Um, And there's this 
beast within her, it's, it's, uh, it's too powerful to not really dig in, into, into that for what that means with uh, who she is and where she comes from and her relationship with her friends. Um, so yeah, we dug, dug fully into it. Um, and listen, we, we see it as a big story. We see it as a story that, um, that has, has more to be told. Yeah, it's a very kind of, it, in a way, it's, it's more Kipo focus in the season. And I think there were versions where it was like, oh, maybe we'll make it Kipo light and get to the big Kipo stuff next season. And, and you know, maybe we'll focus it more on our side characters or do little small stories. And I think that we kind of got guided, like, and it's interesting because a lot of times I see online people are like, oh, man, I like season one, but I love season two. And having a little bit more of that plot focus, I think yeah. people seem to enjoy. Um, we also have like almost like a, not really like a B storyline, but we have like a secondary storyline. And that is about Leo and Scarlemagne or Hugo. Um, and by the way, the when the fact that you guys were able to take a character like Hugo and give him, you know, almost like make us, you know, empathize with the character. That is how you guys, that is how a good antagonist is created, uh, created. That's not a word (laughs) created. And I thought that was great. Like when we, when we started seeing it on screen, I was like, this is what I wanted. This makes you feel for him. And I thought everything you did with that character this season was great. Um, and I know we're like, we're, we can't, we're not talking about, you know, season three, four, six and the movie, uh, you know, cause why not? Um, or the inevitable 14 spinoffs that Rad has brewing around in his brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> I need a yummy and hammer pop movie. Oh my gosh. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the I think Bill's is. already thought of one, right? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a, you know, a young mean hammer paw cinematic universe, certainly. <laughs> Might as well. He can be the new Iron Man, um, which is great because Steve Bloom, I'm sure, has played Iron Man before. So it, it just all works out. Um, but yeah, like the fact that you were able to take him and turn him into a, a character that you empathize with, I, I thought that was fantastic. So kudos there. Um, is that like how far did you know or that if that's where you wanted to go with that character that you wanted him to be a likable character and not just like this ego uh maniac uh when in season you know when, when we conceived of him it, it was uh we wanted a a a larger than life villain that that was a mute um, a mute character, uh, somebody that would be very memorable, somebody uh, that would grow organically out of this world. So it made sense for Scarlemagne to be uh, um, somebody with an outsized grudge against humanity. And that's, um, and mandrels are so colorful and interesting to look at, and they have those huge fangs. Um, and everything about it led to this, oh, we can have this great, uh, uh, villain that can that can be have a great design and we can have a great performer and we were lucky to have dan like world-class actor dan stevens playing him um and then the big question was uh and, and it can fire on all those fronts and then the big question for us was uh 
why does he hate humanity so much? And what's his relationship to Kipo? Um, and that, and, and we really dug into that very early on um, to understand what his function would be in a big series. Um, and it helped us unpack, okay, we can present him as this uh, um, performative villain, which is what you think he, just what you think he is in season one, um, and give a little tease that there is a relationship to Kipo uh, at the end of the season. Um, and uh, then we just dug in in, in, in season two. Uh, and by then we had uh, our whole, you know, uh, we had a full staff of board artists and writers uh, that all helped us uh, flesh out the details of, of his backstory and his relationship to uh, Kipo um, and, uh, um, and, and her dad. I, I think when Rad and I first started talking about it, in my mind, Kipo, and this never wound up in the show, but in my mind, Kipo was going to open like a, a bank vault or something and find like a picture of her as a baby with her mom and her dad yeah. and Scarlamane. Yeah. <laughs> like a young Scarlamane. And they're all thinking of ending season one with that or something, right? Yeah. Like that um, would be and, the big tease. Scarlamane drops his wallet and it just happened to be in the wallet. <laughs> that would be pretty. Um, like they knew my dad, you know, that kind of thing. Just the, the, you know, we knew, oh, we wanted the shock of, and, and I think uh, once we really started breaking those episodes, we, we found uh, a much better way to dramatize that. But that, you know, picture, I mean, for me, that was like, oh, okay, the, the big reveal to Kipo is this, this larger than life character who hates all humans, has a very intimate connection to me that I never knew or understood. And it means my whole background is different than anything that I've ever thought that it was. So that was part of it from you know the very beginning before you know we had a full staff to really parse that out um and uh that's kind of how we, we we dug into him and and hap you know having that backstory allowed us to you know really uh um round scarlamane out and make him a, a great character uh and not just a you know a mustache twir you know twirly twirly villain Nice. Um, my dog. My, 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 uh, and my, my son just, oh, sorry. I'm going to let, let Oatmeal out here. Hang on one sec. Okay, girl. The dog's name is Oatmeal? That's amazing. It's, it's also the dog in the, uh, in the dog field in, in season one. Oh, same dog? With the two noses, the white one. That's, you have that's a dog with two dog. noses? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, we based uh, uh, the design for that the Mega Bijan uh, off a photograph of the day that uh, Courtney and I, my, my wife and I, uh, res found oatmeal. We rescued her. Um, uh, she was like, it was uh, New Year's Eve, midnight. She was wandering on the side of the road uh, and looked really, really ragged. Uh, we took this great picture of her. Uh, and it, she looked like a Muppet. Um, and it wound up being a good model for one of those Mega Dogs. Perf. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, we do have a question uh, from Instagram from, hello, my name is, God. hello, my name is BDBSBD. Um, what's your favorite moment of the season slash so show so far? So what's your favorite moment of season two so far? Yeah, I, mean, I, I answered this, I think, someone else asked the same question and I said, uh, the do, give me well, a different answer then. 
Well, singing, but I'll give a second favorite. Let's see. Uh, I think my top favorite is Wolf singing to to Kipo. Um, I also like the way we revealed the 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 mom was the mega, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because Matt was our director up in Canada, and he's like, I just want to try something with this, and he did the back and forth shots with the really dramatic rise and you don't ever use the words like my mom is the mega monkey it which may have it may have been more specific in the script but the way he did those back and forth with the music rising was just so dramatic and cool that when i saw that i was like wow that's that's really neat what about you i love I, i love all of those moments all of them uh and they're hard to beat. I'll, I'll, I'll go with Scarlemagne playing the piano when he didn't think anybody was watching him. Um, oh, yeah. That was a sad song, too. My Dan goodness. did such a good little kid voice. It was, yeah. like, really sweet. And, like, it's interesting. Some of the other actors, we've had them try to do them, themselves as kids, and it's always like, nah, we're going to have to get a kid to do this. But Dan, like, did it so well. Man, uh, going with what uh, you get, like that that first one where uh, like that episode where Kipo and Wolf go to Wolf's old apartment, um, that was first off. I wanted like chill there. That seems like a super cool apartment. Um, okay. okay, where 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 exactly is that apartment? Where in California is this apartment? That's that's Koreatown, and we, we were thinking that's oh, a okay. karaoke lounge you would go to. That makes like sense. It's not a real, like it wasn't a real apartment. It was a karaoke lounge. See that that's even cooler. So here, here's my question. Electricity still works. Uh, what is the, uh, this, this is one that I was, I've been wondering for a while, like how far in the future are we? Because we do have like for the heroes on fire, there's like a copyright 2088 on there. A, did we design a generator in that room? I feel like we had some logic to it because we figured Wolf lived there and she wanted to get that machine to work so she could amplify her voice to scare away. The, uh, yeah, because she wanted the hoot hoots. So we figured either she got a generator or she went out and found some kind of battery operated. Or at one point we had talked about these electric worms that were inside of Benson's uh, like tape deck. Like if you open it up, there were these mutant electric worms. Right, Bill? I think we called them Tesla slugs. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think it was connected to like the grid. I think mute. I think uh, Wolf did something to. to she found some Tesla it. slugs. Yeah. Okay. That makes everything, that makes sense. Everything is jerry rigged. That that works. When you see electricity, or it, you know, they found they either found a generator or battery or. Or they had a giant talking electric eel, like at the at the mutant at the. The Wolf Observatory in some room, mm-hmm. <laughs> or you know how like you see Brad, you know, in, in the, uh, uh, like, uh, the riding, you know, uh, <laughs> the motor of the uh, the car. Like there may be somebody like Brad, another another rat or that, another mute. The that, thing. <laughs> that that engine, I think, is fully designed by the design team. Like what Brad is doing in there is like fully figured out. Like they actually drew it all up. <laughs> Oh, it would work, right? Yeah. <laughs> see, now I want to see that. Now, now you need to release that as like behind the scenes of Kipo. 
Because, I mean, it's Van's now the only ride at Van Land. So, I mean, we all want to know how it works. Um, but, uh, so, so yeah, yeah, exactly like how far in the future are we? Right? Can you say that? For 200 or years, yeah. 200 years? Okay. Okay. I'm not going to lie. It, it's, it, it's been so long since season one, guys. Like, I don't remember. Like, it's been, it, it feels like six years since season <laughs> one came out. It, we even have a date at one point on the milk that's expired, which is October 23rd, which is uh, my daughter's birthday, to this year, 2020. So nice. that's when supposedly the apocalypse happens. So, sorry, world. <laughs> oh, it's probably used to it by now. <laughs> I mean, um, so we also have, um, and we got a, we got a lot of questions um, from on social about Benson and Troy. So we get a we we saw a little bit of uh, the the attraction in season one in the last episode, and then it expands to season two, and then we have an episode a little bit down the line where we meet uh, Troy's dad. Is it uh, Ricardo? What was his Roberto. name? Roberto. Roberto. I know it was an R. Uh, so we meet uh, Roberto, and you know he's kind of like you know Benson's like, hey, you guys, you know, talk up talk me up to, you know, Troy's dad, you know, it'll be cool. Uh, which I thought was great. Um, but, and then they like, uh, Troy pulls him up, uh, in the last episode with the ax. And then we hear that I'm in love with you song that, yep. you know, the first, is that, is that Troy's theme? Cause I think it should be like, whenever we see Troy now, that should be Troy's theme. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, but no, like I, like, well done for like continuing on that and not making like that's the one of the cool things about Benson uh is he's a he's a gay character and we know he's a gay character um because he straight up tells us like hey I'm a gay character but he also like that is not just who he is he's not like almost like a token gay character that you would see in some you know series or movies he is a fully well-rounded character who is gay and the fact that you're able to do something like that in this series um just kind of shows like how much we've moved on as a society because i mean we we do have stuff like in we have stuff in like uh the legend of quora um which you don't really get into like the last couple episodes of the last season. Um, and then, you know, uh, She-Ra, which, you know, again, more of a like final season-esque thing. Um, but like the fact that these are, this is a main character, um, I just job well done for that. Like, it's just a, it's, it's cool to see. Uh, and I love the fact that you guys don't shy away from it or try to make him something he's not. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was cool that, the studio supported us to get to do that, you know? Um, and it's also just cool. Times are changing and that you're, you're able to do more of that now. Yeah. We, we uh, were very, very fortunate that we did the show. Like, at a, I think at a time when we, we could play that relationship and play, play him as open and explicit about it. Um, in, in a, uh, and, presented from the very beginning. We, I mean, that was, we wanted to do the studio and the network supported us on that. Um, historically, I think that has not always been the case for people, you know, who tried to do similar things on other shows. Um, and we were, you know, we were lucky that we did not have to fight that battle. 
Um, so, uh, uh, and it, it gave us the room to uh, really mold that story uh, in a way that reflected the, the world that Brad and I know today um, and present that for kids. Um, mm -hmm. That was kind of the idea behind it. It's, it's uh, where I think we're both really glad that, that it means a lot to people. We, 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 you know, we didn't have an, a, 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 a political agenda with it. We, we just wanted it to re reflect the world that, the world that we, we know live in. Yeah. and in a way that you do not see reflected in kids' animation. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have another question from Instagram? This is from purple underscore Jaguar. I'm going to, you may be able to figure out, you know, what they're a fan of. Um, were there any characters different, uh, to what they are now, like design and personality changes, anything that like in concept was one way that you guys evolved or scaled back on? I think at one point there was talks of possibly Mulholland being the big bad and then he became sort of just a character within the story. Right, Bill? Yes, we were, that was when we were searching for who our, 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 our big bad was. Mulholland existed in the way that he did, but didn't feel like it was quite, you know, trickster God didn't feel like the right kind of foil for, for Kipo. Uh, so we, we all, then we knew we wanted that. Like, great, we came up with that. Let's hold on to that. Put that over here. We're going to use it and then focus on Scarlet. Scar Interestingly, Scarlet, we, we, we came up with the idea and then we experiment, like, you know, like you think of many different things. For a moment, we paused on that. This was, this was early, 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 early when it was just Rad and I. And then we thought, what if Scarlet was a bat? What if he was a giant bat? Yeah, and he was like, for it. yeah, and, and he collected blood like wine. Um, and like he had like you know a wine cellar full of full of blood, and then Rad drew this aw awesome bat design. Um, and then I can't remember how we talked ourselves out of that, but then we realized you know what that's uh, it just it didn't. No, I think I think as we were pitching it, and we said, and he collects blood. You could just see the executive's face being yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh, we couldn't get through the rest of the pitch. We just kind of went like. Yeah, never mind. We'll go back to the uh, monkey. Okay. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like th those are two completely different shows. He's gonna, he's gonna bleed them out, like keep them like wine bottles, and and like as we're, we, I don't even think we got to that part of it because like we could tell like if we keep talking. <laughs> but the design came back for the uh, for the for for the space bats. Yeah. In, in the yeah. Space bats were pretty dope. <laughs> And I'm like a huge conspiracy theory fan, so I love the idea of having space bats. <laughs> um, we also we we get introduced to a uh, a new which you you guys do a great job of introducing you know different you know characters and organizations throughout the series, like especially in the first one, we met a bunch of people. Um, and you know, kind of like gang organized, like not really gangs, just like groups of mutes. Um, but then this this season, we get introduced to the theaters, which bravo, punny as hell. I thought that was great. Um, so yeah, like, are are we gonna get 
any more wonderful pun names going forward? Or is, is there, have there been some that you wanted to name, but you haven't had the chance to name them yet, or you decided to go with something different? Yeah, did we have any pun names we didn't go with? I can't. Trying, I'm now trying to, yes, I'm sure, because we, we came up with five billion uh, pun names. Um, and and uh, it's a fine line. Like, you can, you can go in a bad direction with pun names. <laughs> um, and, like, it's... Very it's easily. Just, it's a slippery slope. I know. I, I love them and like in person if people throw them out but then i'm always like trying not to put them in things yeah uh, i felt like the theaters kind of slipped into a different realm like it wasn't a pure pun i don't know it it, it i mean it, it it played into their characters because yeah that might be it they were they were nerdy like uh actor uh, theater actor kids so it made a little sense for the personality that they would think that was funny. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did like that Wolf does question. She's like, or did you say like the otters? And be like, no, 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 the otters. <laughs> ben, ben Meckler and Chris Kasamik who wrote that, like when they when they wrote the line uh, that they're looking at brunch and the beach and they say brunch theater, the big time. I felt that really then suddenly those characters really made sense to me in every way. And you can see them living in that, you know, in just saying theater. Um, I forgot, I forgot like when we were pitched that, how weird of an idea, I'm so used to it now. But like, remember when they were like, yeah, they do brunch theater. That is <laughs> like, what an insane idea. Like we only do theater between like yeah. like noon and like two that's yeah. the only time that you can ever do brunch theater <laughs> the high standard in las vistas for, for theater um well, another question here from twitter from jake underscore Ritanor. sorry i butchered your name um how do you craft a balance in combat and action scenes that appeals to younger audiences in a way that isn't overly violent especially with animals involved uh, I think you just kind of get pulled back by the executives. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, Rad was like, let's kill people, hang them up, let the blood drip down the wine bottle. <laughs> I mean, we ate those shrimp. Like, some of those shrimp waiters got killed on camera. Yeah, they did. And I think uh, at one point they're like, oh, could you just, like, mellow out that sound effect? Because, like, it was a gnarly crunch. In the, like, ah! A lot of times it's a sound effect. Like when Dave's body got ripped off, that sound effect was bone chilling. And it got very, very toned down. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Uh, last one I have here is from uh, Susanna Nature, at Susanna Nature on Insta. Um, are there any explanations, um, even if it's just in, you know, your eyes, that you can tell us about? Um, about what happened uh, to the world and like how it went from what we know to how it is now in the show. Or is that had, season three, we, episode four? We each had different Great. theories in the writer's room. So like, it's never, it's, obviously it's never stated in the show. And I kind of like that it's almost a mystery. Like at one point we even talked about the different characters said their theories, like, you know, like uh, 
Benson might have a theory and Kipo might have a theory and they're all, nobody knows. But even within the writers room, like I had my theory, Bill had his theory, like other people had their theories about what it was. Um, no, we want to hear your theories though. <laughs> well, uh, uh, on that, you know, I'm, I'm a big movie buff and I just want to touch on what Rad was saying a little bit, just in the behind the scenes, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, if you've never seen it, you should see it. It's a great movie. Um, they never explain what it's. It, the plot of the movie is every bird in the world starts attacking people, um, and they never explain why. And there's a famous scene in a diner where everybody in the diner is is asking, is like coming up with their theory about, you know, why the birds started attacking, um, and to what Rad's saying, I mean, that was kind of like, we, we, we thought about like, do we want to put a scene of that in the show? Um, it happened 200 years ago. So it just didn't feel like it was, it, it just felt like it was something that was accepted in this world. So it, narratively it never made, made, made sense, but yes, mm-hmm. everybody in the room does their, their theories. And we realized it's much more powerful if it's in endemic in the, in the world but we don't because no explanation will ultimately be satisfying enough to to everybody um yeah. and that's kind of what makes it so powerful and in, in the birds after everybody has their you know say uh, tippy hedron the star uh, not Tippy Hedren, pardon me um a lady uh just a minor character looks at tippy hedron but they they shoot her head on so she's looking at the audience and she says i think the birds became uh, started attacking because you came into town because of you. It's so explicit, but it's kind of really why it's like, like, and, and she starts screaming, it's because of you, it's because of you. And then Tippy Hedron off screen slaps her. So it's like the audience is slapping this lady to get her to calm down. But it's, it's kind of like, yeah, the, the animals mutated because we wanted them to. Um, I mean, I, I think that I'm talking more of a philosophical meta explanation, but that's, you know, it's it's what makes the show and 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 on top of that yes i have my theory <laughs> my theory was they tried to mutate food for the grocery store to feed everybody on earth and that so like you'd go to the grocery store and there'd be just a giant apple <laughs> and it went haywire and got into the animal community <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty cool. I mean, you could always just, you know, if you want to be super cool, you can just blame it on the Fire Nation. Just like, everything was great. Fire Nation attack, done. Like, that answers all of the questions. Another legit theory. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I'll, very quick, I'll just say, I think it's the Earth reclaiming itself. It's like, humans, you had your time. You kind of didn't, you know, you messed up. We're going to give, we're, you know, we're going to take you down a notch in the food chain and Give someone else a try. <laughs> See, what you guys didn't know was that Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts is actually a sequel to The Happening. Like, you guys didn't know that, but it's just The Happening Part 2. <laughs> You're going to see, like, Mark Wahlberg is actually Dave. It's going to be crazy. Uh, wait for that reveal. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, there, there are a lot of people wondering um, if we were going to get, like, a, a lot of the questions that we got were people wanting uh, more backstory for Benson and Dave. And then a lot of people wanting more backstory for Wolf. Um, is that something that we will see later on in the future? Or are you guys just like, I, we haven't thought that far. 
I can't say. It, it is interesting because, like we had talked about at the beginning, w- w- there were versions of season two that were less Kipo focused and would have given us time to do like, oh, let's do a whole Benson backstory or let's do a whole Wolf backstory. But ultimately, it felt like uh, maybe people wanted a little bit more. Come on, let's go. Let's do the story. Like, what's going on with Kipo? You can't just go off it for a whole episode and wait. No, I want to know what's going on with her. <laughs> So it's 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 one of those things like sometimes when you have a lead character and in a way like Wolf and Kipo are kind of our leads. Mm-hmm. So we kind of like focus on them the most. So it just it starts being harder and harder as storytellers to like do a lot and and you know manage all those different things. Um I I'll add to that that um all of the that that's a great those are great questions. All of those questions are questions that we asked in our writers' room. Yeah, um, we we had a really thoughtful, smart staff, um, and we uh, thought about every permutation and possibility. Um, and we you know we all saw and with the entire crew molded a world that we see is beyond the borders of just what you, you know, what's in seasons one and season two. And we hope to get the opportunity to, you know, delve into more things. Yeah. Nice. Uh, one last question, uh, again, from uh, a super fan, uh, Mr. Uh, Jason, Jason Simpson, uh, our, our good friend. Uh, he did ask a question, um, how so awesome? So can can you explain how so awesome for uh, for why Kipo is the way it is? Uh, I don't know. We had a good mix of people. We had you know Bill, we had Kier and and James and Daniel doing the music to make it extra so awesome. And you know our, our directors would take stuff to another level. Uh, Young Yoon, our uh, story supervisor, board board kind of like head it who oversaw all the boards would sometimes come to us with stuff where it's like, that's so awesome. <laughs> Jason Simpson, you have asked a great question. There you go. Uh, he's, he's going to be very happy for that. He's, he's a little known guy, you know. Not, you know it, really. It's interesting. Sometimes when you're working on a show, sometimes people are a little tired or burnt out. And it, definitely people felt that on Kipo, but people were excited. They're like, oh, man, we get to make this thing that we're really excited about. So they would really bring it, you know, like they would come back with, you know, 110%. And I think it shows. Nice. Uh, I want to, actually, I do want to answer that question real quick, and I can't answer it as pithily as how so awesome. I'll just say that Rad's webcomic has such a great idea at its core and such a unique style that was both different but also felt real and had, you know, uh, uh, felt like you could actually live in it. That's how so awesome. We started with that and we just kept building on that and, and it inspired everybody that came on to work on the show. So well, thanks, Bill. That's awesome. Um, what do you guys want people to, uh, the audience to take away from season two? Cool. Yeah, a nice loaded question for the last question you're going to get. 
God. Uh, it's interesting because in a way you can only make a show for yourself. Like, because you're sitting there making it and you're, you are the primary viewer when you're, when you're making it and you just are going like, oh, do I like this? Do I like that? Or something happens that for you emotionally is like painful. It's not what you wanted or it goes in this way or that way. And you almost only see the flaws in things. <laughs> so it's like you're making it. It's a painful, you're trying your best. And then you're like, I guess we're just going to put it out into the world and see what people think. <laughs> so it's like, I, I, I just, it's more of a reaction for me. It's just like, so what do people think of this? Oh, okay, they like it. <laughs> I, I, I'll say this. Um, Kipo is in a world, is, it, it, we wrote a show about the end of the world. Um, and in season one, Kipo is, comes into a world that, she, that, is, that she's always thought was the most dangerous, horrible place in the world, and she finds the wonder in it. And in season two, it gets even more complicated. Um, and things are, are uh, even more messed up than, than, than she realized. And she still holds, is able to hold on to her compassion um, and, and her belief in that the change in the world is worth, uh, is, is worth embracing instead of running away from. And I think today, especially, it, feel, it really does feel like every day, the end of the world in some other way, shape, or form. And, you know, I, I hope that we can all see, you know, have some fun watching the show. And, and you know, if Kipo's journey can give you a little comfort in uncertain times uh, um, that we're in right now, that, you know, I, I hope that that's, you know, that helps just a, a teensy, teensy, teensy little bit. Nice. Um, where can, uh, for guys, again, thanks so much for coming on. Um, where can everybody find you social media wise? I'm just Rad Seacrest on Instagram and Twitter. I am, uh, on, on, on Twitter, I'm flying underscore lobster. Um, which is from, uh, I used to be the lobster mascot of the LA Roller Derby um, for a team that, uh, called the, 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 the Fight Crew, which are all flight attendants. So that's why I went the Flying Lobster. Not that you need the history of my Twitter handle, but there it is, Flying underscore Lobster. And on Instagram, I think Josh, I think, I, I, I may be mistaken, the last time I was on this podcast, uh, you rightly took me to task for having a very boring Instagram handle, and I changed it to... <laughs> Bill wears ties. So That's I, perfect. Yeah, because <laughs> well, yeah, it was like, it was something weird. It was like Bill, like one, three, six, like some string of numbers. <laughs> that was basically it. Well, I'm glad yeah. you changed it. Bill's, Bill wears ties is amazing. Um, and we'll put all those in the show notes so you guys can click on the show notes. It'll take you right there. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast on Twitter at Animate Podcast. All of our episodes are available, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and on our website, animationstationpodcast.com. Bill, Raffer, thanks again so much for coming on. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. No problem. No problem at all. And Kipo Season 2 
on right now. It's available on Netflix. Uh, again, why would you listen to this episode if you haven't watched it? I don't know why. But now we've spoiled a lot of things. Not everything, but we've spoiled a lot. So now if you watch it, go in thinking, uh, yes, Scarlamane was supposed to be a bat. So, <laughs> so now just imagine him as a bat for now. <laughs> All right, uh, so for the Animation Station Podcast, I'm Josh. I'm Rad. I'm Bill. Bye, everybody. Cool, see you later. Bye. Perfect, awesome. Thanks, guys. How do I stop recording? There it is.